you're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon, and I'm super, super excited to welcome back to the studio Sadia Osmani. Sadia, it's great to see you this week. How Hello. are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's you, nice to have the weather nice today. No wind, no wind, no nothing. <laughs> it's quite nice. We are on Facebook Live as well. You'll be able to see and hear Sadia there as well in in her beautiful pink top. Yes, yes, it br- brightens up the the, the studio <laughs> entirely. Um, so. An interesting topic today. Yeah. You're talking about kidneys. Yeah. I'm I love medical about, topics. Well, I'm talking about kind of kidney transplants because I was going through, I was just reading through the news recently and I came across this one thing which was about um, Stevie Wonder and the fact that some time ago last year he announced in one of his concerts, I think there was a lot of rumours about how his health was, he announced in one of his concerts that he was going to go and have a kidney transplant. Oh, really? And he'd had oh. issues with his kidney for some time. And so he's like 70 years old. And I think um, last December, December the 6th, 2019, he actually had a kidney transplant. And um, this article about it was just saying that he was telling his daughter, like he's 70 years old, but he was telling his daughter that he now feels like 30 years younger. And uh, he's probably equivalent to her age now. Yeah. But the fact is, it's an amazing sort of transformation of his life. And it made me, it was particularly something that I am interested in, because my husband actually had a kidney transplant about 30 years ago, just oh, I think 1984, 85, something like that. And um, I suppose when people get a kidney transplant, they think you know generally the statistics are that it would probably last 10 to 15 years something like that but you know my husband has now had it for almost like 30 years or so so I was just looking into things um, you know in terms of people having transplants because generally on the kind of celebrity scene obviously Stevie Wonder is a big thing and it really does he's he's now a great ambassador to be able to try and promote that, you know, this is a good thing to do. I think, um, you know, when you look at Hong Kong, I'm specifically looking at Hong Kong, and in 2019, December 2019, there were 2,268 patients waiting for kidney transplants in Hong Kong. And on average, most patients have to wait five to six years, or it may be up to about 10 years. And that's even like if it happens, it may not happen. Um, So then these people are maybe on various stages of of kidney disease. So maybe they would require dialysis. They might be on or... dialysis. And obviously, as you go on dialysis, the quality of your life varying on what type of dialysis you take. But you see, for, for me, it was a particularly interesting subject because once, say, for instance, you have had a transplant, then if, um, you know, gradually that kidney obviously is not yours, it's going to start to, de- you know, deteriorate. And so that is something that is happening, certainly for my husband. So we kind of try and put our, our heads together and think okay so what do we do next how do we do it you can go on a waiting list you could go for dialysis so i mean there are a number of people who are probably in the same position as we are in hong kong as yeah. well and across the country and, and i think across the world but it's interesting because you know there are ways like you know i think the moment that people mention things like transplants and stuff then suddenly alarm bells ring and people start thinking that oh my goodness you know you're not going to go and buy you 
have this vision of you know from Hollywood films and stuff where you know in this backstreet alley somebody's selling a t- uh, you know and it happens it's not and it's not just really speaking yeah. in in the Chinese culture I think up until in recent in the recent decades organ donation was always not seen as something that was popular yeah. because especially with the older generation sure. they always want to be cremated or buried um, in, in your entirety you know organ mm-hmm. donation mm-hmm. was sort of not yeah, even religiously and culturally yeah. there are quite a few people who would object to it yeah. and who would think that oh, it's not right because the way you were brought down to us you should go like that but nowadays but nowadays people are sort of donating their bodies for medical uses yes and- absolutely and the thing is like when you look at organ donation obviously there's kidney kidney transplants things like that but if you look at the number of sort of this is um, statistics from the Hong Kong Organ Transplant Foundation in 2019 for instance as I mentioned there was 2,268 kidney you know waiting for a kidney transplant there were 60 people waiting for liver 54 for heart lung 24 and cornea 269 so if you think of the the things that you can actually donate uh, if for instance you just have it written in your will or or obviously there is an opt-in opt-out scheme for instance now in um in uh, uk for instance they now have an opt-out scheme where whether you're in england scotland and wales you have to physically say and write down i do not want to donate any of my organs okay so and, it's a opt-out yeah. scheme rather than and if mm-hmm. for instance they die or something happens then they can automatically go into that and then they will be helping somebody else who's yeah. out there but there's also situations where people may donate obviously based on family so for instance if we look if i look at my if i look at us then you know it's amazing that you know somebody can be sort of o positive which is the most common blood type around um i thought but, it was the rarest yeah it's it's very common oh. it's it's one of the most common oh, ones maybe and, o negative is the yeah, rare, but that's then, a universal donor. and then what yeah. happens is that then when you check out your family you uh, it's amazing that your whole family could have different a different blood type to because you. a negative blood type can donate to a positive yeah. or a negative blood type yeah. but if you're positive o you can can't. give to anybody yeah. But then they can't take from anyone. O negative can give to anybody, yeah. but O positive can't. Oh, you need to be a negative. It's all, it's all very, anyway. <laughs> if, I, if my I husband's listening, he's going, you didn't get it right. Um, so, so, but you would think that automatically people in your family would be, um, you know, would be able to donate. Yeah. So, you know, it's not possible because it, then it's like blood type and tissue matching and things like that but then you know a number of things sort of come up and if you look at different countries for instance um, for instance Spain has the highest donor rate of 46.9 per million people and that's followed by Portugal I'm not really sure what kind of determines this but still it still means I mean it could be that they are they are they are opting in and saying right you know if I die then please take my organs and things Um, and then there's Croatia which is 30 33 per million and US 32 per million and uh, and you know in the US uh, they're saying that like every sort of um, 14 minutes someone is added to a transplant list you know a waiting list and there's over 3,000 patients added each month so you can just imagine um, but there are some places like um, for instance I've done some homework on this too you see there are some places like Iran for instance they will they have it's all legal you can actually do it and you can pay somebody to actually um, donate their kidney and it's all legal oh. and it's but it's only for the citizens of that country 
but they make it all above board because this is probably where they are taking away the kind of risk factors where they make it above board and say okay if you can justify if you're psychologically um, stable about it you're absolutely fine to do this um, then you will get this this money or whatever but there's is a limit sort of, yeah, to how there, much you can get i was gonna say is there a fixed amount yeah. for your kidney yeah. or for yeah, well, yeah there's a kind of limit how much you can get but i was hmm. reading that um at one point uh, there was an article about hong kong where at one point um they were trying to persuade more young people and middle-aged people to donate to strangers um and here they were saying that like that you couldn't get, say, a lump sum of cash, but you could instead. The government could um, organise something like a to a designated charity, or you know, in kind sort of rewards like a contribution to somebody's retirement fund, yeah. or tuition fees, or you know, something solid which was going to go to somebody instead of this kind of very cash uh, cash, yeah. cash thing. But you know, there's lots of different sort of um, scenarios. But I think uh, really what I was more concerned about was that I talk about the fact that lots of people perhaps don't realize that you can actually live upon kidney and that's right and the actual operation is straightforward um for instance with my husband he had it as I said like 30 years ago and um he's had absolutely normal life um you know and people like Stevie Wonder has just said that he feels 30 years younger because you know if you have a, t a kidney that's deteriorating then you will you feel tired, feel tired. Yeah. you will be less inclined to do you know it, it does affect you but I think it's a matter of your own sort of mental um, stability and how positive you are that you know maybe if you decided that oh gosh you know this is not going to happen I'm, I'm going to die I'm gonna, whatever then you're automatically psychologically affecting yourself in terms of if you have that sort of attitude I think you know the brain is a powerful thing mm -hmm. isn't it so it's a matter of a very positive outlook makes a big difference but I think the ethical sort of questions always come in and this is where we sort of get very worried about it because we think well okay we maybe need to look for another one but how do we do it so that it is all above board it is legal it is absolutely fine but it throws lots of dilemmas your way and you keep thinking well I can't I'm not the right blood type you know so then you have to look and, and think with relatives. It's not a sort of straightforward. You can't be having dinner with somebody and think, oh, what blood type are you? <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting question. I mean, you know, I think people can only experience it if they find that suddenly something was to happen to them. Then they start thinking, okay, what are the options available to me? So it's more about raising awareness of the fact that lots of work is done in this area and to make people perhaps, you know, even if they thought about donating a kidney, just to look into it, to, you know, not think that, oh, hang on, there's a huge danger. There is a, obviously with anything, there is a risk that you take when you donate a kidney. But, um, you know, generally people are, are healthy, they're okay, and things are tested and things like that. So, so it's a sort of plea for people just to kind of look around. And and not just only kidneys, but other parts of yes. your body. You know, um, bone marrow as well. You know, these are things that you can do when you're living as well, donating blood. There's yes. often a yes. blood shortage here in Hong Kong. There's so much that we can be doing to lend a helping hand. Um, well, yeah, helping, yeah, various mm. parts of the mm. body uh, here in Hong Kong, because especially when, when you've got um, another thing that came to mind was um, mixed race uh, 
uh, people as well. Sometimes the match can be a bit more difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With- because there's a blood test, for instance, and you have tissue matching, tissue exactly. types and things like that. So the chances are that, you know, perhaps here in Hong Kong, it might be more difficult to find a match. And and if you went, say, abroad somewhere to India or Pakistan, or what, you might find, you know, and obviously you may have distant relatives who'd be quite happy to, to help. So there's and, a number yeah. of different things you need to think about before you actually go and, you know, it's not easy just to get it. So it'd be interesting that to where Stevie Wonder got his. Yeah, <laughs> and also, yeah, while we're on the topic of sort of uh, organ donation and just various things, we, we touched upon bone marrow uh, donations. You know, it's often, I mean, in Hong Kong, there are a lot of Eurasians here. I, I, I don't know, you know, it's often quite hard to find uh, bone marrow matches because of the mixed ancestry. Mm. So, you know, it is urged that if you are mixed race, uh, you do donate to a universal one because you never know mm. how it can in turn save yeah. your own life or your family's life even within siblings don't yes. necessarily have the same match yeah. for bone marrows there is a there is a scheme too that they have which is about pairing so for instance and and this is quite a common thing and i think it does it can certainly happen in hong kong where for instance if say i have i am b positive and there is somebody else who needs that a kidney from somebody who's B positive, then it's almost like a chain of people in that. So you pair people off with ones where the need is. So somebody might donate to somebody else, but then they will give to somebody else. So it's kind of like a circle where yeah. you just do a pairing system. And that seems to be something that's quite common, you know, that's that happens in the US and stuff too. Um, and I think, you know, I did read something about it in Hong Kong that they did do one where there were almost a hundred odd people involved in the whole pairing system. So somewhere along the line, you know, you were giving yours who was a match to somebody else, but then they in return gave gave to somebody else. So it was kind of, you know, it kind of worked like that, the, where you do have people who just want to donate. Um, and so it works like that. But it's interesting. You know, when I was reading, I was supposedly the first... Um, the first uh, donation that happened in Hong Kong was 50 years ago, right? Yeah. And they said um, that the first ever sort of living organ donor, a successful transplant, was someone called Ronald Lee Herrick. And he survived from 1931 to 2010. Wow. So that's quite an interesting. And he got his kidney from his identical brother. Oh, wow. Uh, a twin. Yeah. Um, and then the youngest organ donor was a baby that was born in 2015. And he only lived for about 100 minutes, but donated his kidney to an adult with renal failure. Oh. Can you imagine? I mean, um, how would that work? Yeah. Because the kidney is so, so small. small. That's right. That's yeah. what I was thinking, too. I mean, with things like liver that you can actually donate a part of your liver yes. and it grows. It regenerates. Yeah. yeah, while the kidney, obviously, that's not possible. And the oldest organ donor was a 170-year-old Scottish woman. Who's 100 and how many? 107 107 year old Scottish woman whose cornea was donated after her death in 2016 and the oldest organ donor for an internal organ was 92 year old Texan man whose family chose to donate his liver after he died and the oldest altruistic living organ donor was 85 year old woman in Britain who donated a kidney to a stranger in 2014 after hearing how many people needed to receive a transplant. Oh. So there are lots of people out there certainly who um 
um, understand that it's not life-threatening or anything like that, but but would just do it purely on the basis of, look, this is going to help somebody and it will save a life. Exactly. Well, uh, let's urge our listeners to get on that organ uh, donation list uh, and get their families, encourage uh, their families to to do that and also to donate blood and and bone marrow as well while, while we're talking about donation and, you know, Donate your money as well to Operation Santa Claus. I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Sadia, for your time today. And I look forward to more Chinwag with you next Thursday. Thank you thank very you. much indeed. Um, and that was Sadia Osmani for this week's Thursday.